This is Rango, baby. Listen up. You're surfing the mojo waves with Seattle Wave Radio. Catch the wave. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com. And be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness, and we want you to join up. Let's get this show started. We walk right by the sense of ties and the nightlife, nothing's there. Our lives fall, me, myself, and I. If we'd only take our hands off and covered eyes, our, our hearts of stone might start to cry. It's not in my backyard, so I'll just look away. You can't let down your guard. You better play safe. All right, you were listening to. To Andrew Landers and the Main Street Struggleville, and that was not in my backyard. And Andrew is my guest today, and he's one of the four finalists in the Seattle Wave Radio 2015 Jam and Challenge. And as we talked about earlier, this is the fifth annual Jam and Challenge for Seattle Wave Radio, and it's going to be held November 20th at 8 o'clock at the Hard Rock Cafe downtown Seattle, where the four final acts are going to be competing for over $18,000 in prizes. And I've become a huge fan of Andrew's since he's become one of the four finalists. I was just telling you, I downloaded some of his music this morning. We've been playing it here, so I'm just thrilled to have him on. So thanks, Andrew, for coming on. Uh, I'm super, super stoked to be here. Thanks, Lori. You are really a storyteller in your music, and your songwriting is kind of a take on on Americana and in life and experimentation with the human experience, maybe. It really harkens back to me personally to Woody Guthrie, sort of. Yeah, there you go. You couldn't have said anything more uh, complimentary. I'm a huge Woody fan, and one of my guitars is actually named Guthrie. So there you go. Good call. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that, that, that's really what your music reminded me a lot. It's it, it's really a commentary on on the American experience and the American way of life. Were you always someone who was very in touch with, with what was going on around you? Maybe not even socially, but politically or economically, or just just in life in general. You know, it's funny. I uh, have always been uh, a pretty severe right brainer, uh, so. I kind of live in the world of metaphor at times, and that can be really good, and that can be a little sketchy uh, at times as well. But yeah, you know, I think that uh, I've always looked at music growing up with it at such a young age. Um, music always was medicinal. To me, if it didn't push us towards something that involved hope or change, um, or bettering who we are or the situation we're in or what we're seeing, then it just kind of was noise. And so guys like Woody Guthrie and there are guys that are huge mentors to me, like David Wilcox and Peter Mayer, these, these storytellers and, uh, whose, whose music is, is medicinal in nature. So it not only heals you, but at the same time, it, 
it challenges you to see through different lenses, um, you know, the way the world is and versus the way you believe it should be. So, yeah. Well, how has the world changed for you as you've matured as, as an artist? Do, have you seen kind of an evolution in, in the way that you perceive things years ago? Because you, you've been in this business a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you're in the uh, unsung uh, kind of Americana folk genre, um, you're not getting in it, you know, to make a ton of money. Uh, you want to make just enough, you know, to where when you order your meal, you're not stressed out about getting a side salad. So it's one of those <laughs> things where um, I think the evolution should always be happening. You know, I talk to young writers. Uh, I'm out here, you know, coaching some musicians and <clears throat> that way right now out here on the East Coast. And, you know, I tell these young writers that um, if the music is being experienced in you, if it's being articulated in you, it's got a really good shot at becoming uh, potent to the listener. And it's got a chance to live inside of them as well. And um, so, you know, to me, it's a good gauge. Music's always been my compass. And so... Um, you know, when I, I can kind of tell when I'm in a good place or a bad place. And my wife would tell you the same, like, here's this song. Here's what I'm thinking. And it's like, wow, what's wrong? And, uh, um, and so it's a good gauge because it's always a process for me. I used to think that I wrote music, you know, early on for people like what we're talking, you know, to help them see it differently and to, um, and to help change them. And uh, as I progressed and got around other guys that were just in gals that were amazing, uh, that influenced and stained my life, um, I started realizing that first and foremost, it's the evolution that is happening inside of me as I create and as I, as I go through that process that allows me to, you know, sing the same song a thousand times in a hundred different cities, yet every night it teach me something new. And um, I think there's something powerful about that, you know, versus that kind of plastic produced experience where you kind of manipulate music and you decide here's the start, here's the end. And there's a place for everything. But in that kind of uh, storytelling genre, it really is all about constantly learning from the same song over and over again. So, yeah, I feel like I change every night. And uh, there are new perspectives that I thought I learned that uh, the song ambushes me on a night and I go, wow, I got to keep working on that. That's what I love about music. It's just a never ending teacher. So pretty awesome. Well, how much does bravery and courage play into that? Because sometimes we self-edit ourselves and to be a really good songwriter, you really have to touch on the subject you're talking about, you know, talking to younger musicians and singer and songwriters. And how how much is that self-editing, at what point can you let yourself really be free? Now, that's a great question. I think that obviously there's wisdom involved in, in how you want to communicate what you're trying to express. But I do think when you come to that place where you feel like you can really be honest with what you're feeling and expressing, there is a freedom there. And it does take courage because uh, most people stick with the easy sentiment. You know what I mean? They want to kind of go with the mm -hmm. uh, fluffy, kind of what I would call top 40 Jesus, my boyfriend kind of stuff where it's, 
<laughs> it's very much, um, I'm not really going to push you, and I'm not going to give away where I stand. <laughs> and that kind of music right. doesn't change you or the world or the listener, whatever that might be. And, um, yeah, it does. It takes courage because you're what you do is you're not going to be, not everyone is going to like that. And right brain artists that are tipped that way tend to want everyone to like them. So that is a hurdle. It's a very real hurdle, you know, because it's a part of their makeup. And so that's one of those things that as you grow and get around the right people, which I think is the most significant thing, is putting yourself in teachable places where you can be a lifelong learner of this craft, you know, of songwriting and music in general that will really help you because those people will speak into you and go, hey, I really like the song, um, but it seemed a little Barney to me. Where do you stand? You know, and you got to have those people in your life because if not, um, the artist will always tend to lean toward wanting to uh, be approved um, and liked. And that's normal. That's kind of normal in the human experience. And so I know for me, as I've grown, it's been people in my life that I, Fortunately, whether it was on purpose or by accident, um, were around me that could speak into speak into my process, you know, and go, man, I really love the stuff you're writing. It's becoming more honest and and truthful, and you're not you're not trying to shade the truth or try to couch it or hide behind bumper sticker theology, whatever it might be, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think at at the core of everything, uh, once you get past maybe the the shock factor of some of that, I think that that actually is what people really appreciate in the long run. Because I I, I do think people want to know where, where people stand really. And, Absolutely, yeah. And because a lot of people have those same sentiments inside them, and that's what music does. It gives a voice to the feelings that not everybody can can express. So it it, it does take these these uh, storytellers like yourself who can give some credibility to, you know, the thoughts that, that run through our heads every day. And, and especially when you're younger, you know, you're, all, you're always uh, almost self-isolated um, a lot of times and, and music's the only thing that's really penetrating through that bedroom door to, to those young oh, people. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's amazing how the, the power of music. Yeah. Well said. Well said, Lori. That's very, very good. Exactly it. As well, my buddy Steve would say, that'll kids preach. Of your own. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and you know what? Doesn't that make doesn't that make a lot of sense to have six kids when you write music for a living? I think that's awesome. <laughs> well, it's, it's a tremendous, that or you have a to tremendous a decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of do, and I'm so thankful because um, you know I've learned that for me that people are my inspiration. I mean. I think that's why we're here is to help each other walk these broken roads. And um, I got six little broken kids, you know, whose depravity is thick to say the least, but they're so beautiful in it. <laughs> kind of have a beautiful mess of, you know, we're kind of like the, the clampets with a VW bus. And, uh, but they're just amazing. My wife is ultra incredible on all levels and we just kind of relax and enjoy life and enter into the mess and, believe good things will come every day as, you know, we roll down each road. So, yeah, they're, they're well, good kids. 
Well, the the jam and challenge that's going to be on the 20th of November, the Hard Rock. It's a it's a 21 and over. So I'm guessing that all six of your kids aren't over 21, so they probably won't be able to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not even close. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even close to that age yet. But yeah, they. My oldest is uh, 16, and then it goes 15, and then it goes 13, and then it goes 11, and then I have we have twins from West Africa. Uh, that are 10 and that's five boys and one little girl. So oh my uh, goodness. She, she's got no chance to date. I guarantee it. And I'm okay <laughs> with that. So yeah, I always tell people it's so funny. Yeah. We load them all in. We load them all in. <laughs> Too funny. Well, now you're going to have the whole band with you on the 20th, right? I will. It's going to be a whole band yeah. experience. It will. It yeah, will. So to- I've got, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you get to do six songs, is that right? Um, well, I think they said 35 minutes. And so each oh, band okay. has 35 minutes. And so whatever you want to stick in there, you get to. And I guess uh, after the 35 minutes, you know, um, they're going to get pretty serious out about it. Yeah, they're going to get pretty serious. You know, and when you're a storyteller, it gets even more interesting. You know, because the stuff that I do with the band is articulated much differently, you know, than what I do when I'm just by myself. And, and uh, you know, I've got my wooden box and six strings and um, it, it's still the same. It's just, um, you know, it's just a lot different. And I've got just some absolutely amazing uh, players that uh, are kindred spirits on all levels and just world class players. So. I got one flying in from Atlanta, one flying in from Colorado Springs, and and so we'll all meet up and have some fun and see what kind of noise we can make. Well, it's going to be a really fun night. It's, it's, it's a great night for music. The Hard Rock's a great place to play downtown in Seattle, and it's, it's kind of bringing so many people from the music world in Seattle under one roof for one night, which is always a very special thing to have happen. And I know that they're going to be really excited to have you there. And you have so much fans. You really built this huge following over the course of many years. And are you expecting a big turnout that night? Yeah, yeah. I I hope a whole lot of the folks will be there. It's, it, it seems like from what, you know, we're seeing that there's a whole lot of energy and excitement for that night and um you know my the the folks that tend to follow us are folks that just are going to love it all so that's kind of cool i just keep picturing this scenario where you have like four very irate groups of almost gang oriented fans that are about ready to attack <laughs> and uh <laughs> i'm 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 being facetious but i it could make for good viewing. I, 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 so it should just be a blast. I, I've been super encouraged by, uh, listening to the other bands as well and just, just good stuff. And it's just good for, you know, Seattle and the Northwest in general to represent, you know, it has such a history of phenomenal musicians and art in general. And so it will be a whole lot of fun to come under the hard rocks umbrella and, uh, create art and create music and well, we, forget about life for a while. We, we know how violent those uh, Americana folk groupies can be. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, back. they usually, <laughs> yeah, 
They might hug you to death or kill you with the quartz. I mean, I don't know. Corduroy is dangerous. You're right. I don't. That's so funny and so true. Oh my god. A lot of beard scratch going on. Yeah. yeah. Violence and folksy. I don't think are together. Yeah, that's an oxymoron. That's hilarious. But I will tell you that that that, that, that whole folk crowd has kind of uh, they, they have their own name now. They they, they kind of uh, they, they call them all lumber sexuals. I don't know. So they are trying to make are you it sound serious? Even, yeah, lumber oh sexual. That's, that's that's that's, that's the word now. <laughs> oh it makes my it sound gosh. so much better, though, doesn't it? Than uh, Pierce yeah, it does, or, yes. or corduroy burn, you know, lumber sexual. It could take it to a whole other level. Lumber sexual. That it does, yeah. It just feels a little too woodsy well, for me. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's going to be it's gonna be a great, great night. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen to some more of your music. And I encourage everybody to get out and and to listen to you, Andrew, and, and your band, and, and to download your music. It's available right now on iTunes and, and through other apps as well. We'll put those links yeah. up. So thank you for coming on. I Boy, really appreciate it. It was a you. great time. Well, I appreciate you. People dying everywhere. No one seems to care. We walk right by the sense of times and the nightlife. Nothing's there. I lie slowly, me, myself, and die. If we'd only take our hands off and covered eyes, our, our hearts of stone might start to cry. Someone else's bad day Sorry I can't stay It's not in my backyard No, 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 no Just got the news she was only too A precious life won't get kissed tonight I guess you win some, some you lose Newscaster smiles dramatically, pauses a while, and moves on to the next story just for you. Tell me again, what would Jesus do? In fact, what would you do? It's not in my backyard, so I'll just look away. Can't let down your guard, you better play and save. Or you might fall into someone else's bad day. Sorry, I can't stay. Not in my backyard no. Living the dream while Africa screams We bow and kneel and pray and say God bless the USA Let freedom reign 40 million dead While we're sleeping in our beds 8,000 a day we let pass away As death runs through their veins Not in my backyard, so I just look away. You can't let down your gun, you better play it safe. You might fall into someone else's bad day. Sorry, I can't stay. Not in my backyard.
Hello, this is Larry Russ, former keyboardist and vocalist for the classic rock band Iron Butterfly. I'm hanging out rocking with Seattle Wave Radio. Seattle Wave Radio. Your Seattle, your scene. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. I love that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Craig McGregor from Fog Hat. Everybody, this is David Austin, Canada the Hooters. Hi, this is Keith Howland of the band Chicago, listening to Rock On 365's Legends of Rock. Hi, I'm Rock On 365, and you can hear my Legends of Rock right here on Seattle Wave Radio. Wednesday and Sunday at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Hey, baby, won't you stay right there? And ride the way with Seattle, you know we got the flair. Hey, everybody, this is Amber Sweeney, and you're listening to Seattle Wave Radio. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com. And be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness, and we want you to join up. Let's get this show started.
to Runaway Romeo by my guest today, Megan Wild. And Megan is one of four finalists in the Seattle Wave Radio's 2015 Jam and Challenge. This is the fifth annual music event. It's being held November 20th at 8 p.m. at the Hard Rock Cafe, downtown Seattle. And the final four acts are going to be competing for over $18,000 in prizes. And we're really excited to have Megan on today. So thanks, Megan, for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Listen, I'm excited to be on the journey, radio. Oh, absolutely. We're happy to have you. Your musical journey and your journey in life kind of started out outside of Seattle in the Chicago area. You want to kind of take us from from there to how you ended up here in Seattle? Sure. Well, um, I grew up in a small town in Illinois. I've always been really, really into music from a very young age. I left there eventually to go to school at Michigan for classical music. And then I, when I uh, moved to Chicago and I just became obsessed with the blue scene, I had my fake ID. I was just going down to the South side, going to chess club, listening to all these old blues players. And I really wanted to move somewhere that had amazing icons. And I've heard all about Seattle. I, I loved Jimi Hendrix. I loved uh, Ray Charles. I loved Nirvana. I loved Quincy Jones. So I just packed my bags up and left to a musical center. And Seattle has been very good to me. So I've become developed as a songwriter and a pianist, and my musical skills have really flourished like a lot of Seattle acts have to, to be able to be a good musician here. Absolutely. Um, Seattle has really embraced you. And in Seattle, there's a lot. It's almost flooded at this point with so much musical talent and to kind of find traction for some can be difficult but because of your sound and how really great your music is the media has really embraced you you've had sold out shows uh you were recently you were sold out to can can on a wednesday night who you know not everybody goes out for music on a wednesday night so you really found <laughs> that was actually really my first show support. that was my first show, out, first show. Uh, as megan wild and doing my uh, I hadn't released my EP yet, so that was a really exciting show for me. Yeah, and I wanted to yes, say that. Yes, I've, uh, uh, I've gone on to perform at uh, the Neptune and Numos, and um, I've done the National Anthem at Key Arena, so um, I'm loving it. It's a good year for me right now. Well, those are all of the landmark things that you have to do in Seattle. You know, sing the National Anthem at Key Arena is a biggie, go to Numos. Um, all of those places is really where you need to be, and that's where the music is. And you're uh, four-song Wildfire EP is available now, so people can go and they can go to iTunes and they can download that now if you want to hear more of Megan Wild's sound. You've gotten a lot of press, Megan. Has there anything that, that hasn't been said that you'd like to get out there to, to the music fans that they don't know about you or, or isn't getting written? Well, when people hear it, they generally ask what record label I'm with, and um, I'm not signed. I'm independent. I produced that and did the songwriting for that, um, an arrangement which really stretched me as an artist to find my own unique sound, um, but it's something that I have to do. I just, it's a part of who I am. So, yeah, I've, I've done that all independently. And as a woman singer-songwriter, you really have to have a lot of strength and courage to get out there and put yourself out there. Do you find that you're most at home writing or do you find yourself most at home on the stage? Where is your balance on that? Both. A lot of my work has to deal with conceptualism versus instinctualism. I love that raw primal sound that just comes out of you 
like from another place. And I also really love sitting down and figuring out exactly what a song is about, wrestling it to the ground, really. I love putting on um, an amazing performance. I, I built a stage recently and I um, I got some LED lights. I have the smoke machines and I, I work with uh, some dancers who are just amazing. So that is a really big part of who I am is having these really electric, wild live shows. And then there's also the part of me that's a huge musical nerd that will sit in a basement writing songs for 12 hours without being able to stop. So they're both just really big parts of me. Well, and Seattle's a great place to do that because the weather's changing. And I've talked to so many artists, and they've thought that that creativity is really spawned from Seattle's weather, that on these rainy and cold nights and days where you kind of have to stay in, it sparks this, this creativity, and that's one of the uh, ingredients in the recipe to so many fantastic Seattle artists coming out of this area was, was the weather. We're going right into that, so hopefully there'll be a lot of creativity coming your way. Is that what happened with Nirvana? I wondered. <laughs> that's that's a rumor anyway. <laughs> You've been compared to a lot of artists, the, the Black Keys, Aretha Franklin, Tina Turner. Do you, do you like comparisons? I think it gives people, um, you know, I'm I'm brand new. I just released this EP this year. Um, it gives people an idea of what I sound like. I, I have a lot of influences. I couldn't even tell you when I sit down and write a song how many different things I listen to for inspiration, whether it be an artist or things in my environment, like a tea kettle has inspired me before. So I I, I don't mind it. Being compared to, uh, compared to Aretha Franklin is definitely not a bad thing. So that's an honor for me. What made you throw your hat into the ring for the Jammin' Challenge? Um, you know, I met Mark. He came to one of my shows, the Neptune, and he just, he was really excited for my sound. He really inspired me, and he felt very supportive. I have also loved the hard rock. I learned all about it when I was in London, and it was actually first called the Great American Disaster, if you can believe it. And it's it's a really, um, it has a great story, that venue. It has a long-standing story in America, and it's somewhere I've always wanted to perform. Yeah, I was just talking with uh, really one of the like other the acts. Only... I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, the, the only woman? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. I have a lot of <laughs> like, uh, bold feminist songs that just about being a strong woman, so I kind of like being the only woman <laughs> up for competition. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And and you really are all of those things, so so you will bring it. I was just talking to one of the other acts about the hard rock in, in Seattle being the only one in the whole hard rock chain where the uh, guitar is upside down, and that is a nod to Kurt Cobain of Nirvana that we were just speaking about a, a little bit. Um, it's a tribute to him, but we were talking about that a little bit earlier, talking about Nirvana and uh, being at the hard rock in Seattle. It's a really a special place. And um, a lot of times it really people just is. overlook I'm, that, I'm very excited that upside down there. guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great venue. Mm-hmm. When you first started down this musical road, you, you were pretty young. What do you wish that you'd known then that you know now? Well, as far as I see it, this whole thing is just one big journey. You know, I I didn't know how to write songs. I didn't really know how to play an instrument. Um, I had to teach myself all those things. I didn't know how to produce, I didn't know how to arrange. So I've I've spent a lot of time honing those crafts for me. If I had known something um when I was younger, I guess just um follow your heart for the sound that you are. I'm doing something a lot different than what's on the radio and that's okay. 
I, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback because of it. But it took me a while to just accept who I am as an artist and uh, the direction I want to take my career. I, I think that really bodes well for seeing you as a live artist, too, because there's so much energy and that really comes out when people see you live. And, and you have posted a lot of those things on your Facebook page. It's on YouTube. And you really need to just see what Megan is all about. And Do you run your own social media, Megan? Oh, of course, yes. So That's when they're me. tweeting or, or talking, they're talking to you direct. Oh, yeah, yes, of course. I wouldn't have now, it any other you've way. Been, that's great. That's, that's that's wonderful. And you've played so many festivals that you've, since you've been to Seattle, there's a lot of festivals in the Pacific Northwest, and you've really been attached to almost all of them. What, what's one of the coolest things that's kind of happened to you since you've been out here to, in Seattle? One of the coolest things at festivals? Yeah, or, or, or just in general. Just in general, yeah. Hmm. You know, I've had so many cool things, but um, I uh, I was part of a disco funk band, and before that, I was compared a lot to um, Fiona Apple because I I would sit behind my piano and I had these like really strong classical compositions with blues melodies over it, and I was, you know, a singer songwriter. And then um, I met this uh, disco funk band called Hit Explosion, and it forced me to uh, let go of my piano and just go to the front of the stage and just learn how to dance in high heels, whip my hair back and forth and entertain a crowd. So that was something that um, really pushed me and it made me uh, really strong and develop as a live performer. I didn't like it before then. And then I got into costumes and now I've been designing my own costumes for a while now. And it's just being a part of something brand new, which was dance funk music. So that's something that I really enjoyed since moving to Seattle. What what would you say the climate is like for a woman artist in Seattle? Well, you know, there's a lot of extremely talented women out here. There's a lot of talented musicians in Seattle. You go anywhere else in the world and there's a lot of people in the business, but I'd have to say Seattle has the top musicians in America. For women, it seems like we're we're doing really well. We got Grace Love and the True Loves who's fronting that band and she's um an amazing talent. Um there's um there seems to be a good scene for women. I think it's still growing. It is definitely dominated by men, but uh you know, it's a supportive environment. Have you made a lot of connections since you've been in, in Seattle to kind of help you navigate through the music scene? Um there's been lots of random people that come up and they'll give me advice. It seems just you like you just got to keep pushing every day. Just put a little bit of drops in the bucket and it all starts getting fuller and fuller, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, one of those drops in the bucket is going to come on November 20th at 8 o'clock at the Hard Rock Cafe, which is a great venue downtown Seattle, right next to Pike Market, Pike Place Market. And it's a really a fantastic place to eat, drink, and hear music. They're extremely supportive of the local music talent here in the area. And Megan's going to be down there. She's going to be one of the four final uh, final acts that have competed for months now, and the final four acts are going to be competing on November 20th at 8 o'clock. Tickets are available now. Megan, it's really great to, to listen and talk to you. I was telling you off the air that I had downloaded the EP Wildfire myself. Going on a road trip tomorrow, I'm going to be listening to that. Uh, I'm a big Ruthie Foster fan. Um, 
another woman kind of blues rocker, uh, not from the Seattle area, but every time, every now and then she does come to Seattle. And uh, I'm going to blend you right in with my Ruthie Foster music, and we'll be listening <laughs> to you as we're barreling awesome. down the, the, uh, the 90s tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem, and good luck on the 20th. Oh, no, no.
Seattle Wave Radio. Your Seattle, your scene. Hello, this is Larry Russ, former keyboardist and vocalist for the classic rock band Iron Butterfly. I'm hanging out rocking with Seattle Wave Radio. <laughs> 